Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is episode 159 of the podcast, Bowl Season Part 1. It is one of the most magical times of year. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate your continued support. Now, just a few minutes, Brian Edwards, one of my all-time favorite college football guys, is going to join us to break down Saturday's card, the college football playoffs, and a few other games between now and the end of bowl season. There are two in particular he really likes that are coming up in the next few weeks, so we'll get into all that in just a moment. We're going to close the show with a couple picks that I like that will be taking place on Saturday, but I want to begin this episode with a tweet. This is a tweet from Chris Felica, a good friend of the show who appeared with us a few weeks back. You know him as the bear from college football game day. Quote, in the last 10 years, underdogs have covered 186 bowl games, which is just slightly above 50%. However, of those 186 bowl games that underdogs have covered over the last 10 years, underdogs have won 136 of those games outright. That's 73%. What Felica is telling you is if you're going to take an underdog come bowl season, it also pays to play them on the money line. See, this time of year, when it comes to handicapping college football, there are different factors at play. Motivation, coaching changes, all that stuff takes much higher precedent than ever before. And that is a stat you should hang your hat on. If you are going to back the dogs, which, hint, hint, we might be doing on Saturday, you're best served by putting a little bit of money on the money line as well. Now, Brian Edwards in just a moment, but for those of you who have been to the website, covers.com, and seen the covers jerseys, those specialized jerseys we have that we give out from time to time, they're a big hit, and we're getting ready to give another one away. The only way to pull this off, just go to our Instagram page, Covers Sports. Covers Sports. That's the Instagram handle. Follow it between next Monday morning and next Thursday at midnight and tag three friends. And if you do so, you'll be entered for a chance to win one of those jerseys. That's it. It's really that simple. Follow the account sometime next week between Monday and Thursday. Covers Sports is the account on Instagram. Tag three friends and boom, you're entered. And then any post you like on there gets you another entry. So keep that in mind if you're interested in winning one of those jerseys. He beat me. Straight up. Pay him. Pay that man his money. All right, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Now they're going to start eh, odd, and then they're going to get more and more obvious. Do you like monkeys with knives? Like I said, hmm, this is intriguing, but perhaps a bit odd. Do you like sports gaming? Now we're starting to warm up. Do you like winning money? Now we're there. Then check out monkeyknifefight.com. That's monkeyknifefight.com. It's the new 100% legal gaming site that everybody's talking about. They have dozens of games and chances to win. Games like Over Under, where you win if you nail two player-based props or hit five props and the winnings even bigger. So play now. Enter the promo code COVERS and get a $5 free game and an exclusive instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's the promo code COVERS. And if you go into the bio of this podcast, the link is right there. Click the link, use the promo code COVERS, boom. That's monkeyknifefight.com, monkeyknifefight.com. Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. Vegas. Ah. 
handicapper and professional better who you can find at brianedwardsports.com, vegasinsider.com, and as the host of the Games Galore podcast, making his return to the Sharp 600, Brian Edwards. B.E., how you doing, my man? Thanks so much for jumping on today. I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks a lot for having me. You're one of my favorite college football guys in the business, so it felt very fitting to try to get you on the show before the bowl games kick off on Saturday. Now, before we look at some of the games, I want to ask, when you handicap regular season college football games versus handicapping bowl games, how different is that for you? Well, in the regular season, you know, you're looking for back-to-back road spots, you know, look ahead to rivalry games, all of, you know, a variety of factors go into week-by-week regular season capping. With the bowl games, um, well, I use two themes, location and motivation, and obviously tying into the motivation are the various coaching changes, whether it is you losing your head coach, and we'll talk about, you know, the Utah State situation in a moment, um, whether you lose your OC, um, like, you know, Alabama with, with Roxy, um, Chip Lindsay with Auburn, you know, there, there are always a lot, of, a lot of those. And now we certainly have the new trend of players skipping the bowl game. I shouldn't say new. It's been going on four or five years, but it's becoming an increasing trend. But And then also, just I, you really have to look at the bowl game kind of as just a unique matchup and a season of its own. You've got to think about where teams wish they were instead, i.e. Georgia not being in the playoffs. And, and you know, and that also can be tied in uh, to the motivation factor. All right, let's start with the card on Saturday, December 15th, that kicks everything off. Two games that fall within what you're talking about. Utah State laying points against North Texas. App State laying points against Middle Tennessee State. Both favorites are going to be without their head coaches who have gone on to bigger and better jobs. The Utah State coach heading to Texas Tech and the App State coach heading to Louisville to take over for Bobby Petrino. What do you make of these situations? Do you like the dog in either spot? Uh, I lean the dog with Middle Tennessee. I have not uh, pulled the trigger. I was maybe hoping uh, the line would maybe creep up north of seven, but it looks like maybe even a few books have gone south of six and a half. So right now that is a a pass for me. But, uh, you know, if I had to pick it, I'd probably go Middle Tennessee. It's played strong down the stretch. It's Brent Stock still, you know, farewell after he's been a starter for like 25 years for his dad. Uh, seemingly, but right now that one is a pass, but I am going with North Texas plus the seven and a half. So we have two completely different dynamics here. So Utah State's Matt Wells takes the Texas Tech job, and not only that, he basically takes his entire staff for the most part. I mean, there was even a report last week that Utah State ran a practice or two pretty much on its own. Maybe one or two assistants were there, but most of the assistants are in Lubbock, and they're all recruiting um, they, they've got the D-line coach coaching in the interim basis. I don't, you know, they hired their old coach, Gary Anderson, who basically quit on Wisconsin and Oregon State, but had a nice run at Utah State prior to that. He's been, you know, rehired. I don't know how much he's involved in this preparation, but it was going to be a tough game for Utah State anyway. They were riding high, highest uh, ranking ever in school history, number 13, about a month ago. Had to get a Hail Mary against Colorado State. They lost out on getting the conference championship game and a, a tough game against Boise. And, look, this North Texas team is legit. They, I know Arkansas had a bad year, but they blew Arkansas out on the road. They beat, uh, they beat Memphis 40-24 to 
uh, held Daryl Henderson. Uh, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm mixing them up with Tulane. Forgive me. Uh, but they've got Mason Fine, an outstanding quarterback. who just had a, a heck of a season uh, with a 27-5 TDI and T ratio. He's got a great receiver, Rico Bucci. Uh, this was going to be a tough game for Utah State anyway, considering the coaching abandonment, if you will. I like North Texas plus seven and a half. No, on the flip side, Seth Luttrell was maybe going to get the K-State job, pulled himself out of that. So it's the exact different situation. The Mean Green is fired up. they still got Seth Luttrell as head coach. You know, I'm glad you mentioned Tulane a few moments ago because they're actually the first game of bowl season, the AutoNation Cure Bowl. They'll be laying about three, three and a half against UL Lafayette. Any lean in this game? I'm going with uh, Tulane minus the three and a half. Now, if you can buy the half point to the key number of three and they're not, like, making you pay minus 130 or more, probably want to do so. Um, Tulane's been as strong down the stretch. They went 4-1 and one, uh, straight up to get bowl eligible, and that coincided with former LSU quarterback, the transfer, Justin McMillan, taking over as the starter in the last five games. They go 4-1. and one. Uh, As I said, Fritz has showed steady improvement since he got there. I really like him. Had a great run at Georgia Southern. Uh, prior to that, this is a team that beat Memphis 40-24 to and held Daryl Henderson, the nation's second-leading rusher, to only 51 yards uh, of rushing. They also went to Tampa, and I know USF was floundering down the stretch, but they went to Tampa as an underdog, and they beat USF down 41-15. to And this game is in Orlando, so they've had success in the Sunshine State. Now, let's also remember Tulane lost three one-possession games. They lost in overtime to Wake, and this was in the opener before Wake Forest had that insane rash of injuries where they, like, lost three or four of their best players in September for the season. So they beat a a loaded, uh, fully healthy Wake Forest team that had to get a field goal to force overtime. Um, And and then also uh, they, they only lost by seven at UAB. And, look, you look at UL Lafayette, They've only got one shameful loss, a home loss to Coastal Carolina, but who did they beat? The only team with a winning record they beat was Arkansas State, and Arkansas State was the uh, Sun Belt's biggest disappointment. I like Tulane, Willie Fritz here, laying the three and a half. The Raycom Media Camellia Bowl. Say that one time fast. Georgia right? Southern laying three against Eastern Michigan. What do you make of this one? Well, location goes to Georgia Southern as this one's in Montgomery. But I think the motivation for Eastern Michigan is much better. It's only their third. Now, I know Georgia Southern's only been FBS for a small bit of time, but this team's won national champions, championships at the other level, you know, going way back and have been a steady contender in the Sun Belt. But Eastern Michigan has not won a bowl game since 87. Third bowl trip in school history. Chris Creighton has done an outstanding job with the Eagles. They've been moneymakers the last few years, 14-3 and three against the spread. Their last 17 non-conference games in their last 35 games, you know, regardless of road away, chalk or underdog, they're 24 and 11 against the spread. Uh, they had some heartbreakers early in the year. They lost uh, two games in overtime and were sitting there at two and four after another heartbreaking loss to Northern Illinois. And they finished strong uh, down the stretch. Uh, they win. Uh, Five of their last six games, they've got a great pass rusher in Max Crosby, 20 career sacks. Looked at him to have a a big game for Eastern Michigan. I think they win outright. Let's go plus three and get a lesser 
uh, units wise uh, taste of the money line. You know, assuming you get a good plus one thirty or so. The Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl, perhaps the most enticing matchup on the card: Fresno State against Arizona State. Herm Edwards did a hell of a job with the Sun Devils this year. Jeff Tedford did a remarkable job with the Bulldogs this season. Fresno has been a covering machine since Tedford returned to school two seasons ago. Do you think it continues in this one? I leaned their way, and I hate I didn't get a good number, but we had news come out this morning that Arizona State leading tackler Merlin Robinson, the Pac-12 defensive freshman of the year, uh, five sacks, eight and a half TFLs. Uh, he did not make the trip for personal reasons. He's got a, I don't know if it's a family death or a, a family illness, and they're already without Nikhil Harry, who's going to be a first-round pick at wide receiver. So that that leaves Manny Wilkins without his day-two guy. Uh, like you said, you know, Tepford has, has just been absolutely amazing. They were 1-11 the year before. He gets there. He gets them the Mountain West Conference Championship game last year. They cover but lose a nail-biter on the Smurf turf at Boise. Then this year they go to the Smurf turf in Boise, and they get it done this time in the Mountain West Conference Championship game. He's been sensational. And with this new development with Robertson for ASU uh, and the fact that Nikhil Harry's not playing, uh, it did make the line go up to six, so we've missed the best of the number. I, I lean Fresno. I haven't played it. I don't do a lot of teasers in college, but if you do a teaser, I think that uh, Fresno could be a good tease team considering the, considering the personnel losses for ASU. I want to jump a few weeks down the road to get your thoughts on a handful of games, if you don't mind. Two games that really, really raise a lot of interest for me. Texas catching 11.5 against Georgia in the Sugar Bowl and Ohio State laying six and a half against Washington in the Rose Bowl. The Urban Meyer situation for the Buckeyes and the Bulldogs of Georgia missing out on the college football playoff. How do you factor that information into handicapping these two games? I do worry about Georgia's uh, motivation. I I worry about Georgia's fans, you know, wanting to be in the playoff. Are they going to make the trip? to New Orleans, you know, Alabama's fans didn't really show up and they played Oklahoma a, a few years back and they ended up getting waxed as a, as a huge favorite. Uh, as for uh, Ohio State and the Oscar Lyre debacle, I, I was on the radio the day after that press conference in August uh, uh, with multiple shows and I said he will not be the coach at Ohio State the next year. The day after the Purdue game, I, I put on my website, I guarantee he quit. He's so predictable. What a chump. And I like Washington in that game. You know, uh, they've had a disappointing season. Miles Gaskin and Jake Browning are their career leaders uh, in rushing yards and passing yards. But Browning had his worst season. He hasn't had the, the wide receiver core he's had in the past. Gaskin battled some injuries midseason. But they, Washington's playing their best football right now. They were without their uh, All-American offensive tackle, Trey Adams, for pretty much the whole season. He came back the last two games. They beat Washington State on the road. They're in top form, Ohio State. Um, I mean, the transition, keeping the OC, you know, that's a good thing. But uh, with their inconsistency all year in Washington playing at top form, not that their offense looked good in the Pac-12 championship game. But I, I lean Washington there. Um, not much thoughts on Georgia-Texas right now. Just a little concern for, for Georgia's motivation. What other question did I miss, buddy? Uh, no, you nailed uh, those two. Okay. I wanted to see what you thought about the college football playoff as well. Bama laying 14 against Oklahoma. Now, mobile quarterbacks are supposed to be Saban's kryptonite, but that Oklahoma defense is terrible. 
Yes, they are. Um, however, um, I'm, I, well, I, first off, I think we have to wait on this. I think you have to wait to get clarity on if Tua is playing and how healthy he will be. I think Alabama's big mistake will be playing him if he's not 100%. I think if he stays in the game, doesn't re-aggravate it uh, with the final injury that got him out of the Georgia game, I think Georgia wins because he was not playing well. I, I think Saban's got to draw the line. If he's only 85%, you got to go with Hurts. We won't know that for another week or two. And we got to know about Hollywood Brown, one of the best receivers in the country for Oklahoma. He's questionable with a foot injury. If I had to pick it right now, I'd pick Oklahoma catching the points. But if Hollywood Brown doesn't play – I'm off that opinion. And just in general, let's say they're both healthy. I actually give Oklahoma, uh, a, a, other than, you know, obviously Georgia and obviously Clemson, I think Oklahoma has the best chance of beating Alabama because they can score on them. And hopefully for them, their defense, which is horrible, but they have been kind of opportunistic getting some turnovers, even had some scores on turnovers against West Virginia. Um, I would lean Oklahoma if I had to pick it now. As for Clemson, I think they are going to whack Notre Dame. I like them, you know, minus 12, minus whatever, 12 and a half. It might even be 13. If you can get the first half at minus seven or fewer, I like that as well. Not as much as the game, but uh, those are my thoughts there. Before I let you go, are there any other games you've been keeping an eye on between now and the end of bowl season? Yes, Vanderbilt minus four against Baylor. My only hesitancy was they've got three stud juniors in Kayshawn Vaughn, Collegia Lipscomb, and Jared Pinkney, who might go pro. I was maybe concerned of them skipping the bowls like the recent trend. But according to Derek Mason, uh, Collegia Lipscomb has decided he's returning. Kayshawn Vaughn and Jared Pinkney won't announce until after the bowl game. So they are playing. Vandy could have gone 10-2 and two this year. They should have beaten Notre Dame. If Kayshawn Vaughn doesn't get hurt when they're up 21-3 to three on the Gators, they beat them. If Kayshawn Vaughn doesn't miss the Kentucky game the next week when they lost 14-7 to seven, but covered, they would have won that one. They've covered five in a row. They've won three of those outright, had no business losing at Missouri, was up for 55-plus minutes in that game. They lose 33-28, to 28, and they just thumped Tennessee, and they beat Ole Miss to get bowl eligible. They also thumped uh, Arkansas as well, and in this five-game, 5-0 five and o against the spread streak, Kyle Shermer, 12-1 TDI and T ratio. He's looking to up his stock in the draft. He's definitely going to get drafted. Kyle Shermer is going to be an NFL quarterback, not saying a long-time starter, but he will be in the league for five to ten years, and he's playing the best football of his life. Vandy wins by double digits against Baylor. I know you also had some thoughts on LSU Central Florida. Which way were you leaning there? I'm leaning UCF. Um, obviously, Greedy Williams is not playing, and the other cover corner is not playing. I, I, you know, missing the best cover corner in the country, and Greedy Williams, and your other starter at corner, that seems like bad news going against a highly motivated UCF team. I don't think LSU fans are going to travel out west very well. Um, I lean UCF as long as they're getting more than seven, and at last look, they were getting seven and a half. He's one of the best college football minds in the business. Handicapper, pro better. You can check him out at brianedwardsports.com, vegasinsider.com, and he's also the host of the Games Galore podcast. Follow him on Twitter at VegasBEdwards. Brian Edwards with us here on the Sharp 600. Always appreciate the insights, my man. Thank you so much for coming on, and have a great holiday season. 
Joe, thanks, brother. Congratulations on your new youngster. Merry Christmas, all that good stuff, and uh, always enjoy it. Thanks so much, my man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Be good. How about that ride in? I guess that's why they call it Sin City. <laughs> all right, our college football picks are 35, 32, and 1 heading into bowl season. Now, we've got two games that we're about to lay out for Saturday's card. But before we do that, I want to read another tweet from Chris Felica, the bear from College Football Game Day. Quote, last year, there were six teams in early bowl games, which he classifies as pre-New Year's Eve, that entered bowl season in the midst of a coaching change. Florida State, Texas A&M, Oregon, UCLA, Arizona State, and SMU. Those six teams went one and five. Only Florida State, which was a massive favorite, went on to win. There are a handful of teams that find themselves in that situation this bowl season. And oh, by the way, they just might find themselves on the wrong end of our picks, which are coming your way right now. All right, game number one, it's the Gildan, New Mexico Bowl. Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, Dream Style Stadium as the North Texas Mean Green are catching seven and a half against the Utah State Aggies. Speaking of dreams, Utah State had a dream season in the works until a nightmare scenario unfolded at Boise State in the season finale, which resulted in a 33-24 Aggies loss that kept the program out of the Mountain West Championship game. So how much motivation does this 10-2 Utah State squad have to play in the damn New Mexico Bowl on December 15th? Especially when you take into account the fact that head coach Matt Wells just bolted for the Texas Tech job that came open when the Red Raiders fired Cliff Kingsbury. North Texas is 10-3 against the spread over its last 13 non-conference games, and they enter bowl season having won three of their last four outings. Take the seven and a half with the mean green and don't be shocked if North Texas springs the upset here. Game number two, the R plus L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's Middle Tennessee catching seven against Appalachian State. Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. An ultra impressive 10-2 season for App State is now nothing but a distant memory as the program was dealt a devastating blow when head coach Scott Satterfield, who went 40-11 and at App State since the start of the 2015 season, bolted town for the Louisville job that opened when Bobby Petrino was kicked to the curb just a few weeks ago. So how much motivation are you going to get from the Mountaineers? As for the Blue Raiders, Middle Tennessee enters bowl season having covered the number in five of its last six outings, with just one point spread miss in its last seven tries against Sunbelt opposition. Veteran quarterback Brent Stockstill, the son of head coach Rick Stockstill, completed an astounding 70% of his passes this season with 28 touchdowns to just eight interceptions and looks to close his storied Conference USA career in style. Grab the touchdown with Middle Tennessee and make sure you sprinkle a little on the money line for good measure. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. To recap, in the Gildan New Mexico Bowl on Saturday, take the 7.5 with North Texas over Utah State, and go ahead and take the 7 with Middle Tennessee over Appalachian State in the R plus L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. That's a wrap for us. Thank you to Brian Edwards. Thanks to all of you for your continued support. We're back a little bit later today with episode 160 with your NFL Week 15 preview. But until then, be well and best of luck.